Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 95 of the Tall, Dark, and Ratchet podcast. I am your host, Marcel Williams. It's almost Christmas. By the time you hear this, it will be, what, four days until Christmas? Five days until Christmas? Damn, it's happening this week. And I have not purchased all of my gifts yet. Um... Yeah, I don't know. He it does is am I the only one who feels really weird about Christmas these days? I I I guess over the last couple of years. I'm trying to think. Last year I was to myself. The year prior would have been the last time I think I saw my family. And you know, there was a a part of me that really wanted to go back home for the holidays until I realized, mm, this new Omarion variant, they they just increased more of these restrictions where, you know, there's kind of a curfew again. They're reducing the amount of people that can be in certain establishments. And that's regardless if you have a vaccine or not. So I'm kind of just, you know, what's the point? So let's just say hypothetically, I go back to Winnipeg, right? See my family, um, see a couple of friends. Then I'm just confined to a crib after 11 p.m. Like, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem the same. I remember back in the day going, you know, you spend, you you hop around from house to house, you know, exchanging stories. You're catching up with old friends. And then there was always this Boxing Day event that we would go to. And, you know, shit was lit. Now, mm, I don't know. It doesn't move me. And then also these domestic flights within Canada makes no sense to me. They're all pretty taxed. But anyways, um, I have little to no energy today, and that's because I was wiling all weekend, so I'm not sure how long this will be. This might be a five-minute episode. Uh, but with that being said, there are some things I need to get off my chest. Um, one of them being, I, I was actually going to start playing some excerpts from Will Smith's most, uh, I guess not his most recent book, his only book that he's ever put out. But I've I've managed to get to, I think it's chapter 18 that I'm on right now. So I think there's only a couple of hours left in this audiobook. I got to say, the first half of this book was really just him shitting on himself, calling himself a coward, crying, vomiting. There was just a lot of self-deprecation going on in the first half of the book. I'm finally at the, the point in the book now where he's starting to make these blockbuster movies. He's coming into himself. He's he's being faced with challenges on how having to play Ali and, um, you know, the, the success of um, all the records that he broke at one point. I think it's easy to forget, especially in this digital age now, how big somebody was or how important they were or how how much they shaped your upbringing when you see them now and they're just kind of on this decline. And not to say that, you know, Will Smith still isn't great or still producing great art. It's just that this whole narrative of him being a cuck with the whole uh, Jada and her entanglements and her still everlasting love with Tupac and him always comparing himself to Tupac and stuff like that. It's just, it, it takes away from his legacy, I think. And he, he said it himself, I think it was the Rap Radar po podcast that came out a few years ago where he was talking about how in the era in which he was at his peak in Hollywood, that was a time where the more private you were, the higher your sales were for these movies because people would only ever see you on the red carpet or if you came out for interviews. So there was always this mystique about who you were in your personal life. But now with social media, 
you're seeing too much and uh, not everything is worth posting. And, um, you know, but one of the, one of the cool things, if, if you're looking for some, uh, some fun trivia or to make a drinking game out of it, as I did on Friday, he mentions in the book that at one stage, uh, in the beginning of his career, he had to memorize the entire script, the entire manuscript in order to be able to really feel comfortable in his performance. So what that entailed is he would not only memorize his lines, but he would memorize everyone else in the cast lines, which led to some issues when, you know, if you go back to season, uh, I think it's season one, episode five, where he's got Don Cheadle playing his friend um, Icebox, who comes in from Philadelphia to visit him. And you can notice very if you're really paying attention to it and this is the thing like i've seen these episodes uh, a bunch of times prior but i watched it with the intention on seeing what he was um pointing out which is that especially when don Cheadle's speaking you can see will smith mouthing his lines so it's it's he said it himself that you can't watch those episodes because they're so cringy but it makes for a great drinking game every single time you see will smith saying someone else's lines while uh, the camera is like in a wide shot where he's still in frame, it's very noticeable. And you could see that he was like, you know, a young guy and he was excited and it was his way of knowing when his cue was, was when to jump in and stuff. But I could see how, you know, watching that later on as he got older, that that would be cringy. But regardless. Um, now, there's a lot of things that I have to watch still. So I don't know where time went, but Matrix comes out already this week. So December 22nd is the premiere of the fourth Matrix installment. As you know, I'm a huge Matrix fan. And it bothers me that not only did they have a premiere last Thursday here in Toronto at the Scotiabank Theatre, where they actually changed the entire layout of the Scotiabank Theatre to look like the Matrix, they had green themed and, you know, the numbers kind of streaming down everywhere. Keanu Reeves himself showed up for this screening and spoke and, you know, was going around very much looking like John Wick. But it kind of bothers me that I saw some people that I recognized who were there and I didn't get the extended invite. You would think of all people that you would want to have come to this. It's the super fan. I would have probably showed up in just like, you know, a small little leotard and just exposed all of my Matrix, you know, fandom on my leg, which is maybe also why people didn't invite me because they'd probably think that I'd, you know, drop my pants at the drop of a dime. But regardless, I am excited for it. People have been, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs about the success of this new Spider-Man movie. I have said here before, and I'll say it again, I'm not a huge Marvel, DC, any of these like, you know, comic movies. I've never been a fan. Um, I even went and watched a Marvel movie a couple weekends ago, Eternals. Thought that shit was trash. I love Angelina Jolie. I love Salma Hayek. This was not it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to go check out those couple of movies over the holidays while I've got some time off. <clears throat> now, something else that actually came out, I, I got an email uh, for this yesterday and... It, you know, I started thinking to myself, like, is this guy still canceled? And what I'm talking about is Louis C.K. just released a new stand-up special. 
exclusive only to his website as per the the, the last one that he, he delivered to us as well. Now, a couple of years ago, he put out a stand-up special and it was available on his website for $8. Now he's got one for $10. Or if you go and pay, I think it's like 25 bucks, you get seven specials from his previous work. So I started thinking to myself, I'm like, mm, is Louis C.K. still canceled? So I went and actually, because uh, I'm like, look, I, I've always kind of had an idea as to what he's been canceled for. And we've seen, you know, Dave Chappelle brought it up in a special. People always make fun of it here and there. These these small little innuendos. But I actually went and read thoroughly into what it was that he was alleged to doing, what he admitted to doing. And from what I've seen and what I've looked up, it doesn't look like he was ever criminally charged for anything. But essentially, the most egregious thing that he's being <clears throat> alleged to have done, which I, I mean, I shouldn't even say allegedly, he admitted to um, saying that he did do these things. He would masturbate in front of women, right? And his side of it is that he asked permission each time. Now, where it becomes kind of, you know, abusive or harassing is that he was wielding around his power because a lot of these women for the most part looked up to him right so here's the reason why i bring this up and i know this is always a touchy subject trigger warning all that stuff but and i know comparing it isn't the best but when i look at a surviving r kelly documentary where I'm seeing that this guy is predatorial, he's doing disgusting things to minors, um, and he's habitually just, you know, just constantly trying to mislead people into thinking that he's a good guy, when in reality, he's the scum of the earth. That, to me, is open shut case. There should be no pushback as to whether or not R. Kelly is a fucking sicko. But when I see shit like this, like a Louis C.K. situation where no one was physically harmed does it cause trauma and i'm thinking to myself too like let's say i look up to oprah and i'm not sexually attracted to oprah at all but if she was like yo look i got this thing can i show you my pussy and she just starts flicking her fucking bean right in front of me will i be grossed out yes is it inappropriate for sure is it technically sexual harassment yeah but am i gonna be traumatized from it to the point where I'm like, oh my God, I wake up in cold sweats every day just thinking about Oprah's labias. Every single time I, I see, you know, those little whiskers just dangling by her taint, it just, you know, I shiver at night. I'm like, no, probably not. Am I desensitized? Am I the sicko? Probably. But at the same time, it's like, how long do we cancel these people for? So now I haven't watched his last special because again, I'm it's 10 bucks. I might wait for a leak. I might wait for somebody else to buy it, send me one of the links or something. But regardless, his new standup special is entitled Sorry. I am going to watch it. So if you want to cancel me, then by all means, but the guy's really fucking good at what he does. He is a funny stand-up comedian. So I don't think that um, me, you know, being... Uh, a man I know it's, there's a bias there where it's like maybe I don't see where the trauma lies but I've spoken to women about this and they're just like nah, it's it's gross but it's not necessarily like yeah we gotta pack this guy the fuck up forever like 
So I don't know. You you tell me, am I completely off base or what's the statute of limitations on cancellations? Like if the guy's apologized, he's admitted to it, he's fessed up to it, he's joked about it in his last special. Does he keep, does he have to just continue to live under a rock? And clearly he's not canceled because he's not performing in front of no one during these specials. He still has the, the ability to bring in an audience. People still laugh. People are still willing to pay from his website to see his shit. So when we look at cancellation, like what is he really truly canceled from? The man's still working. He's still generating income. He's still doing his craft and people are clearly still supporting him. So I don't know. You tell me, am I crazy? Uh, but speaking of this, so now it's time for me to hold some ladies accountable as well. I think I've probably mentioned this before, but again, whenever these things kind of happen, it, it, it brings this inner frustration in me. <clears throat> All right, let's just put all the cards on the table here. Hand jobs are fucking mid. There, I said it. Hand jobs are trash. At my big age, I'm no longer accepting hand jobs. So let this be a public service announcement. Ladies, if you're out there and we engage in any type of sexual activity, I am no longer accepting hand jobs as a form of sexual bartering. Because if I'm finger painting you, I'm putting in work, my wrist is tired, I got to make sure my nails are clean, my hands are clean and all this kind of shit. And this is the thing too. Ladies are very quick to point out all the things that men do wrong. You can't find the clit. You don't know the right rotation. You don't even know how to, you know, do this and that and you're doing this. And why are you poking that? And why are you in and out with this? And so hard that and this and that. Cool. You have all this constructive criticism. But now it's time for you to take some accountability. Do you know what it takes to give a guy a good hand job? Literally one thing. Enthusiasm. If you're enthusiastic about doing it, we enjoy it. There's nothing more to it. If you look like you're excited, you're giving it some vigor, all you got to do is make sure that your hand goes up and down. You ain't got to do no crazy, fancy fucking wrist shit where, you know, by the end of it, you're like, oh, I think I got carpal tunnel. No, you stroke up and down until the motherfucker squirts out. And that's it. Sometimes... I'll be fingering a chick and she'll be like, ooh, chill, chill, chill. She's like, I just came there. It's like, huh? How was I supposed to know you came? There's no real sign. If you're squirting, yes, not everyone squirts. Not everyone convulses. Not everyone has these like, you know, earth shattering orgasms. But for a man, you know exactly when the job is done. It's complete when I skeet. So ladies, if you're going to go and give a half-ass limp wrist hand job, keep that shit to yourself. I'd rather do that shit myself, to be completely honest with you. And I know this sounds ungrateful, like, oh, you should be happy that a woman would even want to touch your genital area. Mm, yes and no. Unlike Louis C.K., my shit's probably not pale, pink, and, you know, with, with a ginger fro next to it. I would like to think that the aesthetic of my penis, kind of nice. So, look, if you're, if you're not comfortable with giving oral sex, no problem. You know what? To each their own. If we're not going to engage in sex, no problem. But now I kind of see why, you know, someone would want to just masturbate in front of someone because I'm going to do this shit better than you if you're not going to be enthusiastic about it. If you're just going to, you know, give some very like lackadaisical performance, 
just, you know, just very flaccid wrist. No, because guess what's going to happen? I'll be flaccid. Just don't even touch it at that point. So let that be a lesson to everyone. There'd be a lot less Louis CKs if you gave a little bit of enthusiasm. All I'm trying to say. It's all I'm trying to say. Like, and here's the thing too. So I know there's a double standard when it comes to it. Like, guys don't like to, you know, um, taste their own skeet, which is kind of nuts, right? Like, it comes from our bodies and we're so cool just kind of skeeting in your throat and all this kind of nonsense. But the minute that like any skeet touches us, it's like acid, like, ah! Don't let it burn me. Ah! Burn my belly button. I'm going to get a rash. And the same goes for like our saliva. Like I don't want to spit on my own hand and then stroke my piece. But if you're going to stroke my piece, look, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I got some extremely soft hands and yours feel a little coarse in comparison. But, you know, spit on your hand. <laughs> Give it some love. Show a little enthusiasm. That's all we're really asking for. You know, and I don't think that's asking for too much. Um, okay, now I'm going to play a, a video because I've just rambled on for God knows how long. So much for this being a five minute episode. But um, all right. So if you missed it, Tyron Woodley got his ass whooped again from uh, by Jake Paul. Aww. Why he agreed to do this last minute. Of course, there was a check involved, but this is what he had to say after the fight when they were like, yo, are you going to pack it up after this? He said this. Just, you're not considering retirement. Because I dropped my hand one time? Right. Okay. I, I, I mean, I like to hear that. When you think about it, like, I dropped shit. my hand one time and I paid a consequence for it. Right. I should retire because of that? No. So do you want a boxing fight? You for want sure. To UFC sure. boxing? Or um, I, want, I just want to just do four different forms of combat sports next year. All right. I'm not going to play this whole clip. Even though there's only, you know, seven seconds left, there's no point. No, you shouldn't retire because you dropped your head one time or dropped your hand one time. You should quit because you keep getting knocked out by this Aryan YouTuber. Now, I'm going to play another clip here, which is um, there's like a, a conspiracy going around already that this fight may have been rigged. And... I don't know if this is enough of a signal. If you're just listening in, I don't think there's any audio for this, but I mean, it's less than 30 seconds, so just bear with me here. But either way, maybe I'll just talk through it. Let me talk through it. So as you can see right here, they're going to point out, look at his wrist right here. Boom. See, he does a little turn in, does it one more time. Boom, turn in, then he drops him, right? So I don't know. Hold on. So you can interpret this two different ways, right? You can interpret it as, okay, maybe, you know, his wrist, he's just making sure that it's loose, that it's not, you know, too stiff or that maybe it's sore. And that's why he's kind of turning it in that way. Um, but it, it is a little suspicious that, you know, that one punch just had him drop stone cold. But also I think to myself, if someone hit me that hard, would I be able to just pretend and just fall and collapse? Just kind of like, you know, just very chill and semi-unconscious the way he did. But, you know, it, it raises some interesting questions. So, I don't know. You be the judge. You let me know. Is this thing rigged? Is this cap or nah? There's a lot of money involved. So, I don't know. These, these conspiracies. But we've been saying for years that sports are rigged. So, I don't really know. You be the judge. And uh, this is the other thing I want to play here real quick. I'm very much team Kanye and Kim. Which I know 
some people disagree because they're like, well, no, it's a toxic relationship. Clearly, if she's not with him, then, you know, she kind of, she, it just wasn't meant to be or whatever. Maybe I'm just biased because I grew up in a household with um, my mother and father. And I mean, I turned out great. <laughs> um, so I just, you know, I'd want to see it kind of work out, but clearly she's doubling down on the fact that it's not working out. And she was spotted watching uh, a movie with Pete Davidson and a fan had this to say when uh, she came out of the theater. Yo, Kim, Kanye's way better. I'm not even going to hold you. <laughs> no, that's mean, right? Like, it's one thing to just comment that stuff, like, on a post somewhere. But to, like, in the flesh say, yo, just so you know, Kanye's way better than Pete. Well, yes, of course. We know this. That's That goes without saying. The man is uh one of the most influential people on the planet ever but maybe he's not better for kim as much as i hate to admit it because you know someone compared me to pete davidson saying that much like pete davidson i'm funny and a little sad on the inside um which is a fucked up thing to say to, to a person but again it's even more fucked up to scream out obscenities to a person when they're clearly going through a uh uh you know divorce situation so it even somebody else outside of the theater screamed something like uh please get back together with kanye like really just pleading and i mean she doesn't need that shit <clears throat> yes she's a celebrity yes she's you know worth uh you know quite a bit of money and she's always in the public eye but you can't just scream shit out like these people have real lives so i i think we got to give some grace to uh to kim and kanye as they go through their shit and the human mind is a delicate fucking thing bro i see people break down for less legit like someone will have a traumatic incident and they'll carry it with them and they slowly it starts to eat away at them and it just like like let's not forget um kim kardashian lost her father and then at, you know she has been through this like a few divorces now um she's you know, she had a sex tape come out, which is very intimate, very private. Granted that, you know, she she flipped that into, you know, the industry that the the businesswoman that she is now. She's been held up at gunpoint, you know, held hostage. Like she's been through a lot. So do you think really screaming obscenities at her in the middle of the street or in a theater and shit like that is really going to be helping anyone? So I, I just hope that, you know, people move with the same kind of couth that they would want to receive from others as well. Cause you know, as much as I joke about, you know, really wanting Kim and Kanye to get back together, if she's in a, in a better place without him and if Pete Davidson makes her happy through his sadness and you know, his uh, you know, lankiness, then let that be the case, man. We're not out here to dictate other people's relationships. So, you know, just mind your fucking business, go eat your popcorn, go watch Spider-Man and then go home to your fucking mediocre spouse and, you know, get a shitty hand job. How about that? Um, but yeah, here, with that being said, I am going to be talking about how this person is operating within the confines of their relationship because this video is wild. So I'm going to play, I don't know how much of this, but here's a, uh, a video of a pregnancy reveal. Some motherfuckers be going to different states. Why is this so fucking hard? Because <laughs> it got butter on it. It got butter. Butter should on make it soft, though. No, I'm saying it got butter, so it shouldn't be that hard. I don't like the end of that. But yeah. 
What the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that? What it look like? Why is it my food? <laughs> it's a test. It's a pregnancy test. What you? What that means? You pregnant? Maybe yes. I just wanted to like surprise you. Well, why are you messing up my food with that? Now that's a valid question. Listen, ladies, I know we live in this social media age where we're seeing all these great, you know, uh, gender reveals and these phenomenal proposals. So everyone's trying to one up each other online on like, how can I reveal this thing in a cool, unique way? Listen, I don't know who told this person if she ran this by her friends group and her girls chat and they said, yeah, you should definitely put the pregnancy test underneath his waffles. That's fucking gross. I don't care. Like she was trying to justify saying, no, it wasn't a piss test. It wasn't whatever, whatever. It's like, I don't care. I don't want any plastic in my fucking food. Like this man clearly wanted to start off his day with a hearty meal. He felt so good about himself. Like, damn, my girl went out of her way to make me some fucking waffles. She pressed them shits down on the toaster, waited for them to get nice and golden brown, and then handed me them shits with some butter and, and a little bit of syrup. You know, she's a keeper. Only to find out the only reason she did this was just so she could film me eating this motherfucking meal with some plastic at the bottom. And I don't care what she said. I'm pretty sure she pissed on it. She peed on that stick and then gave it to him as food. That's nah, nasty, bro. So look, ladies, if, if you're trying to do a reveal, just sit him down, you know, somewhere. Um, doesn't need to be over a meal. It could just be, you know, you're watching some Netflix and she'll be like, oh, by the way, just so you know pregnant we got one on the way bun is in the oven you don't gotta go through the lengths of putting a piece of plastic that you probably fucking squirted on talking about oh yeah enjoy your breakfast babe Mm -mm. i don't like that but anyways i'm tired i want to make myself a poutine you guys have been blessed even though i don't even get to interact with you i'm here talking to myself like a lunatic as usual like i said the human mind it's a delicate place uh, so care for your loved ones, especially over this holiday season. But yeah, if you are not celebrating Christmas, if you're celebrating um, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it may be, I hope you have a very happy and safe holidays. I know we got this Omicron virus that's going around rampant, you know, just just listen, do what you got to do. Try to remain as healthy as you can. I'd hate to see more people drop and, um, you know, just take care of yourself. Don't overspend because they always say January is the most depressing season because we always spend so much in december whether it be through flights gifts so on so forth that by the time your credit card statement comes out in january we lose a lot of people to uh to depression and with covid already being a much of a a stickler in our lives we don't need that extra added grief so with that being said i thank you very much for listening um ladies if you're gonna do a hand job just don't and uh, i'll see you all next week peace